the good news, we got rid of all the terrorists. The bad news, now we're stuck dealing with demons. Hello again. Welcome back once again to the Gaming Off the Beaten Path podcast. JD here. And we're just going to keep the FPS train rolling this week with Doom 64, a title that came out in April of 1997 for, what else, the Atari Jaguar. What, did you think it was going to... No, I'm just kidding. It, it's a Nintendo 64 game. Um, yeah, remember, they used to put 64 on everything. It was just a function of the bit wars, you know. They Bits were so important. They had to have that 64 right there in the name of not only the console, but all the games that came out for it. Anyway, Nintendo kind of has always had a reputation for being more kid and family oriented and because well they kind of are i don't really see anything wrong with that i mean i'd rather play a quality game without gratuitous violence than a lousy game with it um but that being said there's something to be said for offering more variety and having games targeted at an older audience you know more adult games don't necessarily mean more violence or more of any of that other stuff. Uh, you know, games get tier M ratings for reasons other than blood and gore, of course. Um, but it, a lot of times it comes with the territory. And, you know, it's territory that the big end just doesn't play in all that often. Definitely not as frequently as Sega back in the day. Definitely not as frequently as Sony or Microsoft in the modern era. We all remember how the Super Nintendo version of Mortal Kombat had sweat instead of blood, right? You know, that was that was one of the big egregious ones. Uh, you know, Primal Rage had censored fatalities, stuff like that. However, it, it kind of did have an almost positive effect for Nintendo that when they did announce games that were more adult-oriented... Uh, they tended to garner a lot of hype, and they were a big deal. The gaming media lost their collective minds, like absolutely went nuts, when it was determined that the Resident Evil remake, or not determined, but announced that the Resident Evil remake would be a GameCube exclusive, and that Resident Evil 4 was also announced for the GameCube. It came to the Cube long before it did any of the other consoles. Um, I remember a game called Mad World getting a ton of hype before it was released on the Wii. Uh, it may not have been to quite the same level as the Resident Evil hype, um, but it was there. And, you know, Doom 64, when it was announced, generated its share of anticipation. Um, you have to remember, too, we're talking, once again, April of 1997. The Nintendo 64 is not even a year old yet. Uh, it had a relatively small library. Um, when this game came out, and it had only a handful of titles, most of which were some level of family-friendly. Uh, in terms of M-rated games at the time, uh, you had your two fighting games. You had Mortal Kombat Trilogy and Killer Instant. Well, Killer Instant Gold, I think, was rated T. And then you had Turok, Dinosaur Hunter, uh, which came out only about a month before Doom. Uh, and it was... Slim pickings for shooters. Uh, there was Turok, and you know, Turok's not really a traditional FPS, it actually kind of had a pseudo open world vibe to it for anybody that's ever played that. And if you haven't, stay tuned because we're gonna get to it. Um, 
at some point down the road. You also have the excellent Star Wars Shadows of the Empire, but that's a third-person shooter with like platforming elements. I reviewed it a couple years ago. Uh, it did have a first-person camera angle that you could switch to, and I highly recommend that. Anybody out here that is a, that is a masochist, uh, go try and beat Star Wars Shadows of the Empire with that first-person view. It's a, you know, it, it's a cool idea in theory, but it, it, it's rough. So following that means that doom 64 was the first and only true fps for the n64 when it was released and it further stood out because it was very different from its predecessors so this is well before doom 3 um and the doom 3's release escapes me but i want to say 2002 or 2001 or something like that it was even after that um so all of the previous Doom games, which at this point was really just the first two and final Doom, not counting any mods or anything like that, um, they all use the same engine and graphical assets, and Doom 64 would have an entirely new look and a modified engine, making it look and feel completely different. <sighs> Anytime you hear that, it means usually one of two things, that the new game and the new engine and the new graphics are going to be really good, really bad. So, which side did Doom 64 end on? Neither. Uh, it, it ended up pretty much right in the middle. Doom 64 is fine. It was a nice change of pace from the Doom formula that we had come to know and love at that time. Uh, it was really something that Nintendo 64 owners wanted and were asking for. But I don't necessarily think it was better than you know, any of the previous Dooms, and, it, you know, wouldn't be something I'd pick up over some of the better PC first-person shooters. Uh, the newly designed demons and weapons looked pretty cool, but the level design was hit and miss. Uh, it was a little more focused on exploration, which isn't really Doom to me, you know. Uh, I found the levels to be a little bit bland. They were very sterile. Um, they're just not as fun or interesting as what you'd see in the previous iterations of the game. The soundtrack is also different than what we were really used to Doom at the time. Um, I'm a pretty big heavy metal guy. And I, you know, I, I at the time, I, I wasn't, you know, and, and I always tell the story that I started getting into heavier music when I was a teenager. Um, you know, and I always played Doom as a kid. I was probably way too young to be playing it, but I did. Um, and when I came back to it, I, I remember doing a run of Ultimate Doom when I was a teenager, and it finally clicked with me. Like, I know all these songs. Because most of them are pretty close uh, approximations to outright ripoffs of popular metal and grunge songs. I, the big one, you know, that's coming to my mind, that's off the top of my head, at Doomsgate, the song that plays in the first level, E1M1, is the, the track, soundtrack in that that level is essentially the chorus to No Remorse by Metallica. Uh, Doom 2 has some even more blatant ones. Like, there's one, I don't remember what map it plays in, but it doesn't sound like Them Bones by Alice in Chains. Like, it is Them Bones. Like, it just midi-fied. Um, so... This 
game had a more similar more similar soundtrack to the PlayStation port of Doom, where that music was replaced with like ambient horror kind of creepy vibes. Um, and I don't think it's bad. I just don't think it's as fitting for Doom as the more fast paced, heavy stuff. At least, you know, I think so. Anyway, there are a lot of issues. I shouldn't say a lot, but there are a few issues that really prevented me from enjoying Doom 64 to the fullest. And one of the biggest ones is that it is really dark, really, really dark. And I don't mean tonally. I mean, it's dark, like physically dark. And it is so dark that it's impossible to see in a lot of situations. Now, the original Doom used darkness occasionally as a way to add challenge. But again, it wasn't constant and it wasn't often wasn't early in the game. I think E1M5 is the first time you're in just like a pitch black room in, in the original Doom. Um, like here, though, in Doom 64, it's the first level and you're walking through complete darkness, getting hit by hit scanners that y- you can't see. And that's a problem like. This is big, huge portions of the, of these maps. We're not talking about the occasional area interspersed for for a little bit of extra challenge, and you can't you can't avoid it or mitigate it with items like you can in Doom and Doom Two. Uh, maybe it's just my fault. My vision's terrible, but I just don't like spending like eighty percent of a game getting shot by stuff I can't see. Uh, and there's also a lot more focus here on finding switches and doors than combat. And that makes this even worse because you often can't find the switches or doors. Doom 64 has got the colored lighting effects that were common in the console ports of Doom. But even there, it uses like dark colors, which doesn't help. Dark or not, though, the levels in Doom 64 feel a lot more bland and empty than what the series had presented in the past. They kind of feel like they were designed for a different game, like something like Half-Life or something that was supposed to be a little more open-ended. Yet it still tries to present a more like Doom-style, action-centric gameplay, and it doesn't work. I'm sorry, I I just don't think it does. You're going to quickly clear out enemies, only to find yourself wandering through empty levels, looking for a hard-to-find switch or a hard-to-find key. You're mostly going to be looking at boring metallic corridors. Again, this is a series known more for its action-oriented gameplay. Level design isn't necessarily bad, it just feels like it doesn't fit. Uh, If it had more interesting puzzles, this might be forgivable, but it usually just boils down to hit a switch, open a door on the other side of the map, run to it, repeat. Original Doom, Doom 2, had moments like this, but it wasn't as frequent as it is here and it seemed like the levels are designed around it rather than it was just something that happened by accident or it was a one-off and i will say the maps here definitely all feel really big like way bigger than they need to be it sounds like i'm just dumping on this game but in fact there's more good than bad with doom 64. it does a really good job and this is one way i've talked a lot about how Doom and Doom 2 are better. This is one way I think 
Doom 64 is better. It does a really good job with enemy placement, whether it's to be a monster closet or just in general. They're rarely placed to get cheap hits, but they're also in a way that they provide challenge to a player. And the instances where they do force you to react quickly, it's usually at a part of the stage where you might at least somewhat expect it. Enemy AI seems a eh, excuse me. Enemy AI seems better in general. They're not like ruthless, but they definitely do a better job of locating you and trying to hit you than enemies in the original games did. Um, the earlier enemies behave less like cannon fodder and more like an actual challenge here. Uh, the Lost Souls, in particular, present a real challenge in Doom 64 as opposed to just basically being there to annoy you in the first games. Um, and I found it much more fun to fight off swarms of them here than I did in the originals. In general, I like that there's fewer hit scanners, uh, as these can be frustrating to deal with, especially at higher difficulties. Um, I also like uh, the enemy redesigns. Most of them look cool. They fit the aesthetic. I think the pain elementals especially look well done. Uh, Caco demons are the only one that I don't like, you know, even they're pretty cool. I just, you know, I miss my big red blobby boys. You know, they, I just, they, they have the original Caco demon and he's iconic. The controls are fluid and smooth and I rarely have ever had problems with them. Uh, I found the occasional platforming esque uh, sections to be tough, but they were few and far between and rarely required. And again, you still can't jump here, but Anybody that's played any Doom game knows that you can kind of platform by by running from you know one kind of close ledge to another. Switching weapons is a bit clunky, but it always is in the console FPS. It just is. Uh, the weapons as a whole are pretty much the same as they were in the original, but uh, with a new coat of paint, I think they look cool. They behave exactly how you think they should. And if any weapon was improved here, it's my personal favorite, the Super Shotgun, which no longer takes like 20 minutes just to reload after one shot. As a whole, the gameplay is solid, but it's a bit unremarkable. And unremarkable is probably the best way I could describe Doom 64. It really stood out at release because of its lack of competition, its updated visual style, and its new presentation of the Doom franchise. To this day, it's the only Doom game that looks the way it does. However, it's a bit too slow-paced for a game in a series that is known for a chaotic play style. I guess it's okay to change things up. I will eventually get to Doom 3, and I, you know, I like that game a lot. And I'll probably sound like a hypocrite when I, I cover that game, because it was completely different from the originals. But again, it's completely different like it's almost not a, a survivor it's almost not even the same genre like it's a survival horror game essentially uh I, again we'll get to it doom 64 kind of felt like its predecessors but with a new coat of paint and worse level design it tried to lean into these horror elements that that doom 3 would fully embrace but i don't think it went far enough and that led to a game with something of an identity crisis, and that was reflected in, in the gameplay. However, it's still solid, still a good game, especially for fans of old-school console FPS. 
a weaker game in a strong series is still better than most series at their best. And I think that's the case with Doom 64. It was one of the better options for a console shooter at the time. Nowadays, you can do better, but it's still worth a look, especially for FBS fans, for series completionists, and fans of fifth-gen games in general. Score-wise, we're going to go with 7.25 out of 10. This game is very easy to play. It's on the Rare Replay on Xbox. I, I think it might be on Xbox Live. Is it on the Rare Replay? It might just be on Xbox Live. Don't remember. But it's easier to play play now than it ever was. I think it might be on the PlayStation Store now, too. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks again for stopping by. Hope to see you back next week. And once again, happy gaming.